Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South Podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor Rivera. Marler, we are back after a week-long break. And I'd say a couple things happened in the last week. Yeah. In pretty much everything. A lot of stuff. Like in in a year like 2020 where it seems like it's it's one of those times where so many not only horrific but borderline horrific things have happened that you start forgetting about some of the almost not so horrific things. Like I forgot Australia was on fire earlier this year. You know what I mean? Oh, I totally forgot about that. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. Um, Yeah, it was a it was a fun. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. The vacation sucked. It rained every single day. We were stuck inside. We watched Netflix the whole time. I had a great time with Allie, but I feel like I, I still am owed a vacation. It's tough when you come back from a vacation. You don't really feel like you got to recharge like that at all. Not ideal. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was it was fun. Charleston was a lot different than it usually is because uh, we got another bunch. But, like, seeing King Street, like, all boarded up. The Croc store was closed. I was pretty upset about that. Oh, jeez. I know. Just, I mean, that's why we can't have nice things. But um, you'll like this. We got in town, and it was like, it just stopped raining for like 30 minutes, so it was like not 1,000 degrees. And I was like, you know what? Charleston's like a really flat, flat city. I'm going to go for a run every day. Every day. I didn't go for a run once. I packed seven books. Didn't even crack one, Connor. Not a single one. In this world in which you were going to read seven books... Just, I mean, the rate that you did in your head where you're like, nope, got to have this one. Oh, got to have this one. I'm going to be going through like a book a day. It rained the entire no, time you didn't read days. one. I, I don't really, honestly, it was perfect weather to read a book. But I, I said this when we, we were driving down there. I honestly don't think I've read seven books since the Book It program in like elementary school when you get like the personal pan pizza. The last time I read like a, a complete book, I'm pretty sure it was like, Perks of being a wallflower because I was like on a long flight and that was like a, a book for kids. I didn't even know that. There you go. All right. Let's get into something less depressing. If you if you read today's title and you were wondering, hey, why aren't you guys doing a debate podcast? We had actually planned last Monday on doing this in case you missed it podcast. So that is the goal today. And we are trying to treat this like, hey, if you haven't been paying attention to what's been going on in college football or you're just kind of fuzzy on some of the details, stuff that happened in the last week, stuff that happened four months ago, we want to go through all of this stuff because I don't want to say that we've ignored this because we haven't. And I think we've absolutely addressed this at certain times. But I think there are a lot of people who, if you're just a casual fan, and maybe you hit once the Fourth of July hits, you're like, I start listening to all my college football podcasts yeah. again. Game we, time. We wanted to set the stage for what's been an off season unlike any other. I say that not to be cliche, but it truly yeah. has been an unprecedented off season in this sport, both socially, logistically, anything you could possibly think of. This off season has been weird. So the original plan to do this was last Monday. Before any yeah. of this stuff about the Big Ten going to a conference-only schedule came about, but our plans took a bit of a backseat, yeah. and you know, I, 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 this is totally a, a personal issue for you. And you, yeah. you've shared some of this stuff on Facebook, but I think there are 
there are, there are people who might not necessarily know exactly kind of what you've been dealing with personally. So I don't want to necessarily, you could say as, as much or as little as you possibly want about what's been yeah. going on. But if you'd like to kind of fill in some of the listeners on, on that, you are more than welcome to do so. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Um, and like, I, I am in a much better space now than it was last week because last week was pretty awful. Um, but if you saw it on social media, um, I reluctantly posted it last week. Uh, my mom, Pastor Patty Sue, favorite person in my life, um, she she was uh, t- tested positive for COVID. And it was immediately scary for me because um, she caught it after she already had bronchitis and pneumonia. Um, and she also had some underlying health issues that when all this first started, she actually brought up, she's like, you know, if, if I ended up getting COVID, like it would not be a great outlook. Like, like it would not look good for me. So I was just a giant, giant wreck uh, all last week um, going through all that. And Pastor Patty Sue, just the fighter that she is, uh, she has pulled through. She is on the mend. She's feeling a lot better. Um, so many of you guys reached out, and I really do appreciate that. I'm sorry like to flood your feed with updates about my mom catching this ridiculous virus, but, um, you know, I... It really brightened her spirits, I think, a lot, and, and mine as well, um, seeing such like a positive response from you guys, and I really do appreciate it because it was not a fun week, and you guys made it a lot better. Um, yeah, and prayer works. So She's not out of the woods yet, but we're, we're getting close. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I People reaching out to me, kind of asking, hey, you know, have you heard the latest on, on Pastor Patty Sue? Because I think people who listen to this podcast know exactly what you said, and that you yeah. obviously are, are very, very close to your mom. You have a you have a unique rela- relationship with your mom, and I think that's saying something, given yeah. that all of us, you know, hopefully have relationships with with our parents. But a little bit different when you kind of grow up in in you know the the way that you did. In that, yeah, uh, I think that you know for you, you know, talking with you early last week and kind of hearing what you went through emotionally. We had originally planned on, on on doing this stuff, and we're like, you know what? Let's let's not try and force this. We don't want you to be in the wrong sort of headspace. Yeah, and um, which I definitely was. <laughs> and I I've seen you in good headspaces, and I've seen yeah. you in not as good headspaces before. So understandable that I think I tried to quit. First. By the way, or like I like sent like a text. I was like, I need to take a leave of absence, and I'm pretty sure I spelled it incorrectly. Um, I was just so I was so all over the place because it's just like one of those things where, you know, like you do. It is one of those things where you kind of fear the worst because you see, you know, like the numbers are getting way better and it's all positive stuff. We're going to talk about here in a minute, but yeah, when it like hits that close to home and it's like, oh man, like that is she is my only parent, like by by all means, and um, yeah, like I don't have that much in common with my sister. Like, I, what are we going to talk about if she's gone? So it's just one of those things, but she is feeling better, and you guys were were. Fantastic, made me feel a lot better about it. Um, also, quick shout out: several people sent me recommendations for comfort food, and usually that's like my sweet spot. So it was a nice change of pace to actually receive those. Um, I'm forgetting the name. Oh, Derek Walden, very nice. Reached out. He just just got engaged in Charleston the week before we were down there. Ooh, um, yeah, so wanted to give him a shout out. He told me like the best breakfast spot in the world. So anyway, moving on, but. Let's let's talk uh, let's talk some some real football stuff some stuff <laughs> that I mean it's there there are certain things who there are certain things that we're going to talk about today 
that I think there are people who would rather hear us break down LSU's offensive line and it's going to be if it's going to be able to rebuild. Yeah. This today is a podcast so, I mean, for that. We're we're going to have a lot of that stuff. And if you want if you want that from a written standpoint, yeah. I mean, I say this all the time. Holy crap, our team is crushing it on Saturday night. What South. are you guys doing right over now. there? We are cranking out so many different stories. There's the better or worse series that's been going mm-hmm. on right now. I've been doing daily columns related to a specific like Alabama defense day or yeah, Arkansas I haven't read offense that one yet, day. Actually, that was that was today. Ironically enough, I know. that was today. I, know. I didn't want to be in a bad headspace before we had to record, so I did. I didn't list. I didn't read it yet. I had a positive spin on that. I had a positive okay. spin on that. But our news team has just been all over it. I, I always say Michael Brad and Adam Spencer are doing a tremendous job keeping up with with all of that content. So seriously, if you want all of that stuff, yeah, SaturdayDownSouth.com, as basic of a plug as I can possibly make on this podcast, go check it out. But we're going to dig into some stuff today that's a little bit different and stuff that we haven't necessarily gone as in-depth with on this podcast. And I'm not going to say that we're going to sit here and you know get political or, or anything no. like that. But there are some stuff that the sick-to-sports crowd might not necessarily like because... Well, we're just going to talk about what's happening. We're not going to be talking... We're not yeah. taking a political stance. It's just right. what, what's, what's happening right now has become like really heavily politicized. Greg Sankey said it yesterday. Um, so just know that that is not our intention. Exactly. Like, exactly. So let's start with the, the the biggest news that we've had, with the exception of the cancellation of March Madness. The biggest news that we've had in college sports was the Big Ten announcing that it is having this conference only schedule. We found this out last Thursday. Soon thereafter, the Pac-12 followed suit, and the ACC is reportedly heading in that direction, but there's not going to be a decision apparently until late July. The SEC athletic directors and Commissioner Greg Sankey were meeting in Alabama on Monday. We don't necessarily know anything as of this recording related to that, but this essentially was sparked because the Big Ten went rogue. The Big Ten just decided we're going to have this 10-game conference-only schedule for 2020 as a result of coronavirus and trying to not necessarily worry about all the moving pieces that come with this. The announcement came a day after Ohio State shut down voluntary workouts because of a COVID outbreak within within their athletic department. The Ivy League a day earlier had postponed their season from the fall to the spring as well. Um, I'm not necessarily convinced that that had the same sort of impact as the NCAA tournament when the Ivy League, you know, kind of went out there before anyone else did and and canceled their tournament. And then all the other, you know, major conferences followed suit. It's never good when like the smart ones and you know, they are, they're the ones they're, they're like leading the way on this one. I was not thrilled about that. Um, there was like a three-day stretch, too, when people were debating how much the Ivy League was going to impact everyone else. And right. so there was a little bit of this like confirmation bias for people that wanted that had said it would absolutely impact the rest of the conferences moving forward. And then yeah. it's, it's connecting the dots in a way that like I'm not particularly a fan of. I'm not going to say it had no impact whatsoever, no, but, but I'm not going to be like, the Big Ten did this because the Ivy League did. That's No, it, here's the deal, too. Just, just plain and simple. If they move football to spring, what's going to end up happening if, if, because the the NFL's already said they're not pushing back the, the NFL draft next year. Correct. So if they push the the college football season back, I've said this since day one. Guys like Travis Etienne, uh, Devonta Smith, like you know, like 
Dylan Moses, those guys that came back an extra like for an extra year, they're gonna sit out. Najee Harris, like they're, they're gonna sit out that, that entire season, you know, and, and get ready for the draft and, get, and try to go make millions of dollars. So the Ivy League doesn't really have to worry about that, not in a rude way. They just don't have those kind of athletes. So yeah. I don't think it's as big of a deal for them. Um, what was surprising to me was Ohio State from the from the beginning was like basically just admittedly gonna be shady about this. They were not gonna release the actual numbers. Penn State did. I think Penn State had Michigan a did as well. Michigan did as well. I think Michigan had two two total positive tests out of 346 yeah. student-athletes. And then Penn State was, was it like five? It was below five. Penn State was also really low, I remember. Right. That. So, and that's a, that was a really good sign. Ohio State, I don't know how many, we, none of us know how many total players it was, but as you said, right on the heels of them announcing they are going to shut down, you know, voluntary workouts or whatever because of these, these positive tests, then the Big Ten makes this decision, which is not a great look. No, and not great considering when, let's look at three of the four playoff contenders, Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, who Clemson and LSU had outbreaks on their campuses where they had dozens of players quarantined, and Ohio State following suit. That's just served as a reminder of like, look, if you didn't know by now, this virus doesn't care who you are, it can still impact you, and it can still impact those who aren't necessarily following the proper protocol. Not to say that everybody who's gotten it wasn't following proper protocol, but we've heard cases about LSU and Clemson where it's both been like, look, players got negative tests and then they went out and then there was outbreaks at bars within the town. So there's, there's that context. And by the way, the Big Ten making this announcement, whether you agreed with it or not, it wasn't strictly, oh, they don't want these teams traveling across the country. Is it maybe right. a, a bad look to be sending Ohio State to Oregon for a game in the midst of a pandemic when these are college athletes? It's not the best look, but that's not necessarily why this decision was made. Right. This decision was made about control. And while the Big Ten did it sooner than the other Power Five commissioners were expecting, Greg Sankey came out and admitted that. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bullsby came out and admitted the same thing that day, basically being like, we did not know this was going to happen. And they've been meeting every day. This was about control. This yeah. was about the Big Ten saying, look, we need to get protocol across the board for our conference. We need to be able to pivot in the event that one of these teams has a significant outbreak and they can't all of a sudden play. When you have these non-conference schedules, there are a lot of different moving pieces, not just with traveling, but with contracts, with figuring out, oh, is this state gonna be allowed to play? Is this state gonna be allowed to play? The Big Ten is trying to get everything within their own control so that, that even if it means breaking some of these contracts and they're getting into some sticky situations, I'm yeah. sure they will. And this is a bummer for a lot of Mac schools. I mentioned oh, what Kent you said State. about Kent State, man. Oof. That was brutal. That's tough. So, yeah, like a school like Kent State is operates under a $30 million budget, and they have three non-conference games on the road, Penn State, on the road, Alabama, and Kentucky. Those yeah. three games, and we don't know if the SEC is going to a conference-only schedule as of the time of this recording, but those three games are supposed to net Kent State $5 million. Right. Those three football games are supposed to net them their, a sixth of their athletic budget for the entire year. So, like, yeah. when we talk about the Big Ten you know, going to conference-only games, there are obviously other bigger macro implications for college football. Yeah, agreed. And, and so in, in my immediate reaction, and I wouldn't say I'm being optimistic, I'm just very, very selfishly trying to only see this from a standpoint of, okay, we're having, we're going to have football. So everything has to be like a decision made for that end result. 
So by canceling the non-con games, it does suck for a lot of reasons. Um, not just because of like the week zero games and, and like the max schools, like you said, like like some of the schools that like their entire athletic department, the, that entire year budget is, you know, kind of based on that. However, what it sounded like to me was we're not going to be ready by, by opening weekend. We're it's just not. Time. Yeah, we, we've had four months to wear masks and do things and like that we know can help contribute to fighting against this stupid thing. And we just we're not there. It's like I, I, I don't anyway that aside, it seemed like to me it was by canceling the non-con games. You're just delaying the start of the season without formally having to delay the start of the season, which I thought was a, a good sign. And look, not to go all Darren Rebell here because he oh deserved to get dragged for what he said the other day on social media. It's not even worth me repeating it. But look, I've been to parts of Florida where it's been very much prioritized. And this this belief that, oh, the South doesn't care, California doesn't care, Texas doesn't care. Look, if you want to throw out a picture on social media of a crowded bar or something right. like that in those states, just to prove your point, like be that person. That person, in my opinion, kind of sucks. And generalizations yeah. right now are not necessarily what we need. Now, if you want to point to if you want to point to data and tell me that, look, this is still a statewide issue, and, and sort of leave it at that. Yeah, that's fine. But this belief that oh, in the SEC part of the country, nobody has cared about this thing, and nobody has been taking proper protocol. I mean, that's a slap in the face to everybody who has been taking this seriously, to everybody yeah. who has taken protocols and has watched loved ones or family, friends, or wh- whoever, close friends, die yeah. from this thing, suffer. Like, that's a slap in the face. So I don't necessarily well, want to even go down that Well, and when you mention the road. actual part of, like, when you actually literally write in the actual tweet talking about people dying and saying, how's your football oh, season going to be? It's just, it's just so tasteless. It was awful. But, no, I mean, like, and, and the South always gets the short of the stick on that kind of stuff just as, like, the like the button of the joke for, for a lot of this. And... I'm not saying the South as a whole has handled it well, but that is such a cookie cutter. Like I get my news from Twitter. I only watch this one TV channel. This is I'm only inside of this echo chamber, and so therefore I'm going to make this judgment, this generalization, whatever. It was ridiculous. That being said, if you want to look at data, like you said, there there that doesn't look great for us right now. Like the numbers, like I know Florida had over 15,000 cases yesterday, but. Um, and I'm not going to get into all the numbers because graphs, they hurt my head, Connor. I, like, yeah, I would I just, just bring up the point about California. California had the first city, San Francisco, to shut down. And yeah. then California has seen cases skyrocket as well during a time of year when three months ago, we're all saying, even people who are following proper protocol are saying, look, the heat should be able to, to help take care yeah. of some of this. And so we, we're still just we're still figuring out certain things that go with this. Yeah. I know it's tough for anybody to sit here and say that they don't have all the answers, but even if you are protecting yourself, there's no guarantee that you know how this thing is going to go, would be my point. No, and I will just say this, and I've said this from day one, and I don't care how this sounds, but if you're telling me that I have to do this, this, and this to get football season, literally no matter what is on that this, this, and this list, I'm probably doing it. I mean, outside of like a couple of like things from Fear Factor, like I, I'm, I'm probably doing everything on that list. So anyway, that's not important. We'll move it on. There are uh, people wondering... Are we going to get these these intrastate non-conference games that we've yeah. had for, for so long? I mean, Clemson-South Carolina is the longest-standing non-conference rivalry in terms of playing consecutive years. they played every year since 1909. Shout-out to my guy, Brad Crawford, who tweeted that out the other day. But Thursday. People, yeah, people are, people are wondering, look, 
if it's just traveling within the state, can we find a way to make this work? The issue, like I said, this is about control and this is about conferences coming up with their own sort of testing policies and proper protocol in the event of this scenario happens or if that team all of a sudden can't play games and trying to keep it within the conference because if there's anything that we've been reminded of the last week, the last four months, the NCAA has zero control. Zero Where have they even been? Control. The NCAA is essentially the grandparent who is babysitting their kid while their parents are on, on a cruise or something. And the grandparents like there kind of. Right. But what are they what are they like the grandparent in every like 90s kids movie? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. like the kids the the kids just do whatever they want and you're constantly asking yourself during this movie, don't they have some sort of parental guidance or chaperone? The NCAA is that. That's that. I it just blows my mind that like your your entire existence, what you're supposed to be here for is governing over college athletics. And honestly, I didn't even think about this because they are such a I, I'm just so dismissive in, in my thoughts, especially any positive thoughts about what they actually their role in college athletics are. Adam Spencer brought this up the other day. It's like, where's the NCAA been? It's like, oh, that's a good point. This is literally their job. It's like they're one of the main things. But the NCAA, that's the thing, is that they don't have control over this. They yeah. don't have control over college football in the way that they do college basketball because in college basketball, they run March Madness. That's right. through the NCAA. The college football playoff is not through the NCAA. The Power Five conferences are not through the NCAA. Do they have to uphold to NCAA guidelines? Yes, but because there is no czar of college football, which right. you've heard a lot of drum banging for in the last few months. Drum banging, that's a verb. Yeah, why not? Yeah, czar, I just, czar, that's a weird word. It's, me out. Yeah, it's, czar, right? Yeah, CZ, those words are just kind of freaking me yeah. out. Um, but because this, the, you've, you've seen these things play out, right? And you're realizing, oh, wait, you know that thing that Feinbaum has basically been saying once every other week for the last few months? Regardless of what you think about Feinbaum, he's dead right in that the NCAA just has no control. Meanwhile, they, have, they can tell you they have a 60-page guideline about all these different things for a player's eligibility because of coronavirus, which doesn't really help a whole lot of people at this point. And instead of figuring out actual things that matter for college football teams like oh, what should these conferences be doing or whether or not players should be eligible because of so undergraduate statu status. Shout out to JT Daniels, who was just given undergraduate immediate eligibility, even though guys like Joey Gatewood, who transferred back in Cade December. Mays, Cade Luke Mays, Ford. Justin Shorter, Luke Unreal, Ford. Unreal, like, man. So, and by the way, they should all be eligible. Like, let's, let's call yeah. it what it is. They should all be eligible. But the NCAA has looked horrible during all this. If you've been under the impression, like maybe you're just catching up on all your college sports stuff, whatever stock you had in the NCAA, if you, for whatever reason, had it, I hope you sold it a long time ago because Dude. they look like a joke right now. And and honestly, I don't remember the last time the NCAA has looked good in a situation that has been like murky waters, like where there's like a difficult decision to make. They continuously go out of their way to make the wrong choice. Like, the, like it doesn't matter how simple and common sense led the, the choice can be. They constantly find the wrong way to go about stuff, the wrong solution. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to get so worked up over this. But like that, that being said, it, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like the office when Andy left for, for a uh, sail to the Bahamas for three yes. months. Yes. And they come reference. back and he's like, he's like, what I miss? It's like, yaruba, yaruba. That's basically the NCAA right now. Just mm -hmm. showing up to this COVID meeting. Like 
I, I just and, and also they have you're right, they have a lot less control over football because this is gonna be led and dictated by the Power Five conferences, not the NCAA. But I guarantee you, one kid doesn't get like a Venmo request that's sent <laughs> yeah, like seriously. after midnight one I, I just he'll be he'll be suspended immediately. Um, the NCAA released a one-sentence statement after the Big Ten made one of the most historic decisions ever that we've seen from from a conference happen just to decide, we're not playing non-conference games this year. We're not yeah. going to seek the approval of any of the Power Five conferences or the NCAA. And the NCAA, all I had to say was a one-sentence release. That's it. Like. The NCAA, cool. I was I was rewatching uh, what I did last night. I rewatched uh, the U Part Two, and yeah. Nevin Shapiro was my fantasy baseball team name for like three years. I don't know why. Um, Nevin Shapiro was the the short guy who had, I know he like, is. Yeah, yeah, paying all the, the Miami players and stuff the impermissible the benefits, even though basically like he took them to strip clubs where they could have all gotten in and still done what Miami players do, but whatever. Um, so the NCAA, if you remember like the fallout of that, when the Yahoo report came out, it was like, oh, Miami's going to get the death penalty. This is yeah. going to be awful. The NCAA just has Miami sitting on a tee, and all they got to do is just knock it out of the park. The NCAA decided it would be a good idea to hire Nevin Shapiro's lawyer to investigate Miami. And they realized their entire investigation was compromised, and they wasted three years of Miami's time. Say what you want about Miami, but goodness gracious. like That just shows you the NCAA's incompetence. And you know what? Maybe every so often we need to be reminded of just how awful the NCAA is, and this has done that. They were a volunteer organization. They are a like I I the first paper or thesis I ever wrote in college at Middle Tennessee State University is how we don't need the NCAA. Like they were a volunteer organization. They don't do anything besides profit off of student athletes and and, and college athletics, and they don't. You know what? Yeah, you know what? We're back. They don't give a shit about the well-being of these actual players. No matter what they say in those enterprise rental car commercials, it's ridiculous. They'll pick it, you oh up. Oh my god, they'll pick you up. No free yeah, ads. I mean, anyway, but so they they the Big Ten making this decision. Um, I don't think it was even like a strong arming of the NCAA because I just don't think the NCAA would they they don't need to be involved. They just don't. It, we've made jokes about it before about the SEC and Power Five conferences like seceding from like the rest of the NCAA. Like it, it's not that far fetched like to where that could be a reality. If you're not going to govern the, the sport the way it's supposed to be, and you're not going to do it in a responsible way that's for the benefit of all, why do we need you? What seems inevitable at this point, and this is, this is a prediction. This is based on, on the fact that we have already seen two conferences come out and say, we're, we're going conference only this year. And yeah. I realize that every SEC fan, what they probably did immediately after they saw this Big Ten news was look at all the SEC non-conference games. How many games are going to be impacted right. by this? And then you see, oh, wait, the SEC and Big Ten don't play each other this year. And pray so, for Rutgers, too. Pray for Rutgers. It's going to be uh, – 2020 is going to be rough, Greg Shannon. Is there not a single – there's not a single, single Big Ten SEC game this year? There is not scheduled to be a single Big Ten SEC okay. game this year. Um, the closest thing is Arkansas going to Notre Dame. That's about That's it. That's what I thought, yeah. So the the reality looks like, if if we're guessing today – that the SEC is going to be forced into a situation like this, where even if and and maybe force is the wrong verb because maybe it this definitely been, is yeah yeah it's pro it's probably the wrong verb because I'm sure they've had conversations before they met on Monday about this they would have had to have 
if that's what's going to happen, then we still need to figure out, is the SEC going to play an eight-game conference schedule, a nine-game conference schedule, and maybe a crossover or something like that? How are they going to figure this out? Because we've seen there's no guarantee that they're just going to do exactly what the Big Ten did. The, the, what's been reported for the ACC is that they're going to they're just going to do five home and homes, which like, is what the, what the Pac-12 originally talked about doing was a series of home and homes. They want to do it in the spring, but where you just play five teams, they, like you know, like I don't know, like a baseball schedule. It almost it's just weird. Um, that being said, I, I, you brought this up the other day. I thought that was a really good point. Michigan, Ohio State. There's talks of having that yeah. game and more important games like that. Like, and let's get into like the nitty gritty of the actual uh, scheduling and stuff like that because we're we're going to be missing out on some big games. I mean, as much as I hate to say anything complimentary to the Big Ten, there were some pretty pretty good games. I mean, Oregon, Ohio State. But having Ohio State, Michigan at the end of the season, the scariest part of all of this for me is. Once we, if we, I still think we're going to have a football season and it's going to start at some point, but once it starts, there's not really any kind of, I mean, guarantee that we're going to be able to finish the season because we don't know what is going to happen once we start playing the games. And if we don't have any, like you said, protocols in place beforehand, then we're screwed. So Having some of those games move to the beginning of the season, I, that's so weird to me. I feel like Ohio State yeah. Michigan's always played like at a cold, gray day at 11 a.m. Um, but I mean, I, I also don't want to miss out on that game, just like I don't want to miss out on the the interstate. What do you call it? Um, non, I guess non-con games like the Georgia Georgia Tech game, like Clemson South Carolina. Those are, I mean, that's honestly we all want college football to happen because sports just make us a lot happier in this terrible, terrible shitty year we're having but like what's the best thing about college football are those rivalry games like that and it just i i would be i wouldn't say we shouldn't have a season if we're not gonna play those games but it does seem like a pretty big hole would be missing from 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 the season if we if we did not play those i took away i tried to to take away from thursday i think this was truly a measure done to try and have a fall season yeah. And I know there were a lot of people who saw that news, and if they didn't think it before, maybe they thought afterwards, this feels like the first paper cut in a death by paper cut situation. Yeah. Like, they're just going to cancel this, and they're just sort of easing the blow, canceling one thing at a time, because that's pretty much how it went down in March, with March Madness. And I tend to think that the protocols put in place now, or at least the freedom to put those protocols in place, are more conducive to having a season in the fall. If yeah. that means interrupting the fall season and continuing the rest in the spring, yes, I think that that's still, I, I think anything is on the table at happen. this point. I, I would hope that wouldn't happen. I really, really would. But in an effort to prevent that situation, I do think that we're going to see some massive shuffling of the schedule. If you are attached to things like third Saturday in October, or, I mean, well, Auburn, Georgia was supposed to be, that was new this year when they were playing, so it wasn't Well, here. third Saturday, October is still Bama and Tennessee. I know, I know. I was, I was transitioning to a different game, but I didn't really okay. leave enough space in that. Um, if you're attached to those things, I, I think that that's all up in the air right now. I, I yeah. think the entire schedule could get reworked. It wouldn't surprise me to see all these matchups that we've come to know for having them on a specific weekend be at very different points in the calendar. Yeah. Here's hoping it's the fall. That's all I'll say about that. I, so I, I still think they're going to start in the fall. I, I think it'll be it, – this is, this is just my opinion. Um, 
the SEC, like like figuring out the actual schedule, if they if and you we heard yesterday that the the AD at Charlotte, who's supposed to like their first game of the season is against Tennessee, they're still planning on on moving forward with that game. Like as I, of right Oklahoma, now, yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma's the Big Twelve is is honestly like do you, do you ever watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I've, episode well, I've, where, I've had spurts of it, but never watched consistently, no. All right, so there's an episode where uh, it's the, I don't think it's a dentist system, but they try to get a loan from the bank to buy a bunch of gas, um, and Charlie is the wild card. So he just, at, like, at the drop of a hat, he just does something to, like, totally F up everything, like, all their plans. That's the Big 12 right now, and, like, they're just lying in the weeds. They're, they're terrifying me because they haven't really spoken much about like any of their plans and I, I i saw yesterday the ad from oklahoma said they were still they were talking about canceling their first game or maybe moving up their first game so they could have an extra bye week to prepare for tennessee so they are also going like planning at least as of now to move forward with with the schedule as as it is i feel like the big 12 has the least amount of wiggle room and and well, they they only have 10 teams in that conference now. i i realize yeah. that's that's confusing that's tough to remember these days but because of that, they already play everyone every year. And yeah. if they have a team who can't play a game or something like that, or they need to move things around, it's like, well, it's not like you just have a team that's sitting there on by. You're kind of going to be playing, I would think, every weekend of the year. I, I haven't gotten into the nitty-gritty of that, but I would think that that kind of hampers them. And it's not like they're sitting here making the money from TV contracts yeah. that the Big Ten or SEC are. So I'm not sure how all that works. I'm not sure how Notre Dame is going to figure figure into all this with the ACC because that's still that's still murky. Notre Dame's in a different spot than BYU just because they make money for the ACC right. on uh, what for the games that they broadcast for for ESPN and there are logistics that go with that that Andy Staples was on top of. I know, um, but that that suggests that Notre Dame is likely going to be brought into the ACC. But like, well, I thought the AD already said that he said like they were going to move forward, like they would they would help them out. They said that they could help them out, but who knows if that situation includes the same deal for bowl revenue or for when you're exclusively playing ACC teams and what Notre Dame's going to ask of them. Right. I, I don't know what that situation's going to look like. All I know was I, I had enough time to get that tweet off just before everybody came to that Dude, that, that quote tweet. There would There would be few things that would make me happier in this world, and especially in 2020. The Notre Dame being left out of an entire college football season because of their own arrogance and never wanting to join a conference. I'm not going to get on this this soapbox because you know that I won't get off of it because I hate Notre Dame. I, I they they did this to themselves. They absolutely did this to themselves. This is a long time coming, and I don't think anyone saw this specifically coming. But like, yeah, man, you have no one to blame but yourself. So I, I don't know if the ACC is going to like the revenue thing is is a really good point. I don't think at the end of the day that that will be as big of a determining factor for some of these big programs, um, like like a Notre Dame, like a um, I don't know, like Oklahoma or Texas out of out of uh, the Big Twelve if they have to add an extra game later. One thing I I didn't understand why this was not even mentioned. What about just like adding an extra bye week in between games and extending the season? I mean, or if you have to shorten it because you're already not going to play the full twelve. 12-game regular season, I think, I mean, I'm assuming the SEC would still play the conference championship, I guess. That's, but if they're not, that's, that's an assumed, easy way yeah. to to kind of extend, like, well, just give yourself more more room for error. 
I wonder, though, if they're trying to not necessarily expand the window of the season and the amount That's of times in which they could all of a sudden have spiking cases as opposed to trying to narrow that time frame down right. is to, to be as, as limited it, as possible while taking all the safety precautions into, into place as well. And if we're, if we're going to be in this utopian mindset of, of us having football and like the arguments that go from there, I, I, like to, I want to think that we would just be so happy that we're going to have football that we would not have these just over-the-top, angry arguments about the college football playoff. I personally think it's a perfect time, like this season, like this one season, to expand the playoff. And, and what? What does this look for? This look is because four months ago, I said to C. Wright when this was first going down, and I told C. Wright about this because he just he sent me a message like an hour ago saying, hey, you want to like fire up that, that story idea that you had four yeah. months ago? So four months ago, I had this idea... I said, if there was, like, this was the first week of quarantine. I said, if there was ever a week, or ever a year, rather, in which we should have an expanded college football playoff, because if there's an event that we have fewer teams playing or teams forfeiting random games, it kind of makes sense for us to go to to eight teams, at least, and to kind of figure this out. And he's like, no, it'd be a logistical nightmare. It's, you know, the contracts are in place. I, don't get me wrong. See right now, we we have ideas like that all the time, and he has shot down bad ideas that I've had. Yeah, or that don't see the light of day. That won't even make it there on this podcast. But that was I laughed because all of a sudden I saw Brian Edwards of ESPN threw this threw this idea out. You know, like a week ago, and Dustin Dustin Shooty actually wrote yeah. about it for for our Big Ten site Saturday Tradition about four months ago because he and I had like the same idea and talked about this. And so I, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like expanding the playoff, you said eight teams, and I think it's like a natural, <clears throat> natural transition to go from four to eight. However, if there's ever a year to do it, like look what the NHL is doing, look what the NBA is doing. Obviously, we can't be in a bubble. We can't be completely isolated because of just the nature of how colleges are and how college athletics are. But if there was ever a year to have a 16, 32. 24 team playoff. It's 64, this year. 64, 64. That's too much. No. Adam, Adam Kramer. I mean, like, Adam Kramer throughout 64 team playoff. I I just think that as much as I as, as heated as the the arguments and the debates get for the college ball playoff, I think when you look at this season, you're you're gonna have so many built in obstacles in ter- like in trying to determine a fair way to yeah. pick those four teams, and you know like yeah the pack the pack 12 just bring Oregon to the Big 12 and. Like the rest of them, they're good. They just y'all stay home. That's fine. But if you're if they're not going to play the same amount of games, you can't go based off of like you you tweeted the other day. I don't know why you did because it was hurtful. But like if Minnesota <laughs> goes eight and zero and Bama ends up going like nine and two, like who deserves to get in? You can't you can't really regulate everyone playing the same amount of games. At least we don't think so as of now. So there's no better way than to, like, you know what? Here's yeah. everyone's record. Let's figure out the rankings. We really don't even have to go off the preseason rankings necessarily. But here's here's a like, – it's probably the most fair and, and unbiased way to really gauge and measure how good each team is anyway by, by them playing their conference games. I know there's a, a couple of big non-con games that we're going to miss out on. But, I mean, for the most part, most people's non-con schedules aren't that tough. So if you can judge them based off of – they're conference opponents. You have the easiest way to to just head and shoulders measure them exactly next to their peers and the, and the other teams in their conference. Then make the bracket from there. I'd I'd love it. Yeah, from a from a logistics standpoint, 
a lot of things that would still have to be figured out. But on the surface, you would look at that and say, okay, that would make up for some of the revenue loss that you're dealing with, with these loss of, of home games and stuff like that, and kick that money back to the conferences. You know you'd be able to get TV deals and all that. I'm not the one that would have to navigate that. Shout out to our guy, yeah. Gary Stoken, who'd probably have a lot of work Tough. to do to figure all that stuff out. But I think here's my, my takeaway from everybody that's been that's talking about the playoff right now. Yeah. If, if we're talking about the playoff and how unfair it is in three, four months, four months, rather. Yeah. <clears throat> man, give me that every single day of the week. Well, depending on who gets in, yes. Yeah, you're right. No, I don't care. I don't care. You could put the team who the – I've seen this idea thrown out a lot. The, the university who has – who discovers the vaccine – Let's just give oh, that yeah. playoff spot to that school. I saw Pitt had some some early rumblings. I saw Florida had some early rumblings. Whatever, just give them the automatic. Yeah, I like the, that. Yeah, the, they got a spot in the playoff. That's totally fine. Um, but if we're even if we're talking about a fourteen playoff at the end of all this, I will take it. I will gladly take those heated arguments back that don't actually lead anywhere. That that yeah. that's fine. That's fine because just, if there's I, any time to appreciate sports, this this is it right now. Completely agree. And I, I know that people probably think I'm, I'm crazy for this, like, throwing that out there of, like, extending that playoff field and having 24 to 32 teams or, or 16 at least. I'm going to say right now, I don't feel crazy saying it, okay? I don't know. I don't know. If that's you don't okay, look it. You don't look crazy. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's, that's really nice. Um, but I, I just feel like, yeah, we are – we're inevitably – we're going to have arguments about who deserves to get in, who – Whose resume was better? Who had it more difficult? Like, like there's gonna be so many factors that are and like variables that are gonna be included in this. Like, like if 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 a Heisman finalist is out for a game or two because he ends mm-hmm. up coming down with it, or or what, or your All American, whatever is also out, and you have to, you gotta talk about the injuries. You know that. You gotta talk about the injuries. Can't forget so, about them. If that happens, is that going to be built into the discussion as well? Because as we know from the playoff committee, it's a strictly, like, it, it's a very objective but also subjective way they go about picking those four teams. This so, feels like a year, to your point, where a team that kind of comes out of nowhere, a team, if you're if you're betting on teams to, to make the playoff, assuming that we have a season, this is the year to take a gamble on a long shot, like a UNC well, or an Iowa State, because it could be a little bit reminiscent of the baseball team that over the course of the 162-game season, for whatever reason, yeah. always misses the other team's ace in terms of when he shows right. up in the rotation. And can a team that just kind of gets, you know, goes 8-1, and one, something like that, that all of a sudden is like, oh, they get to play Clemson right before Clemson's entire offensive line tested positive for COVID. That's dark. I'm not trying to go there, but it feels like if we have a season, there could be a team that kind of just skates by. And for whatever reason, I, you're that- so, this is so spot on. And it's it's like it's I'm not I'm not trying to be funny here. This is a real fear that I already have about the season. I think I've just the way how how 2020 how awful it's been. We're gonna end up getting a season. And Auburn and Tennessee and UCF and then Ohio State and Clemson are going to form a, like a super team with Notre Dame together. <laughs> Those four teams are going to go. Bo Nix is going to win the Heisman. Bama, Bama's best player will be a kicker because Will Riker's finally healthy. I, like Georgia will have two quarterback Heisman finalists. I don't know. Like it's it just, I, I feel like 
I'm I'm worried that just how how negative I am anyway. If if, if things aren't going well during the season, I I, I can easily see us or me getting to a point where it's like you know we just should have had a season at all. We just I mean this if this is what it was gonna be, I could have told you guys. Just I mean, Saban's gonna retire. <laughs> just this is the worst. I, I, I just anyway. had the the idea to make the angry the the internet the most angriest it could possibly be. Uh, have all the independent teams get together, and they're the independent Indians, and you just see what the internet does with that, and just just like they, they form a super team, the independents. Uh, Notre this Dame, is my idea. BYU, right, right. So you're saying that, but you call them the independent Indians. Oh yeah, I can't. So do you that. give them a problematic name. Yeah, and just, and just see how the world reacts to that, especially with Notre Dame. That oh, you want to get people going? That that'll generate That'd some be interest. Awesome. We need one common um, enemy at this point. Yeah, I said that a while ago that like those MAC teams really should just have an all-star team. Every time they play an SEC team, like in September, they should just have an all-star team. And they run out of the tunnel to return to the MAC. I don't know why you always bring that up. It's weird. It's the best time of all time. Anyway, okay, so we covered a lot here with before, the stuff. Before we go over some of the the how did we get here, and there are, there are mm-hmm. people who are probably like, look, everything that you just talked about happened in the last week. Want to kind of provide some context as yeah. well, just in case you've been a little bit on the DL or you forgot some stuff. Before we get to the rest of that, Marla, can you first tell us about our friends at Bet Online? Oh man, I got a good one for you. Are you ready for this? Give me a minute. What? No, we're like we're live right now. I can't do that. All right, um, go ahead. all right. So go to BetOnline.ag today. Uh, I we're we're getting sports next week. I guess like I think baseball season's actually starting next week. Allegedly. Okay. Um, the NBA is starting at some point as well. Also allegedly. Okay. I, I, I'm i so out of the loop with because I'm just so distraught over the college ball stuff that I don't know the exact dates those games are going to start happening, but they're going to start happening. So last night, in preparation for the pod, you looked up all this very serious stuff and data about coronavirus and, and grown-up things. What I did was I, I did a deep dive into our good friends at Bet Online, who... Sad to say, they recently took down the college football props. Mm, There's only one college football thing you can bet on right now. It makes sense because, you know, things would definitely be skewed uh, as of right now. There's only one thing you can bet on right now, and I think it's Syracuse and, like, Pitt or something. It's a a five-and-a-half-point spread regardless of that. Yeah. Um, I was trying to figure out how I'm going to feed this degenerate need and just living inside my soul of what I can gamble on um, moving forward. And I found this, Connor. You can bet on the election, and you can bet on every single state which party wins that state. Hmm. Think about that. I am thinking about that. Yeah. I feel like... Every state. Okay. You know what? No, that actually makes sense. I was going to say, I feel like the odds for certain states are probably so, 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 so skewed. It's like... You know, the, the tennis odds are usually the most skewed with yeah. Roger Federer facing some unranked, like, 17-year-old. Can we started on like that? that? Yeah. I, up late at, like, 4 a.m. <laughs> watching Korean tennis on the computer. I, you know what? That was, that was a long time ago. Regardless. Um, yeah, these are a little bit skewed. I think um, there was, like, a bunch that were, like, minus 1,400, minus 2,000. Yeah. You know, but if you want a hot tip from Uncle Chris, it's not just the poker, all right? Our winning ways, they, they extend so much further than just the poker tables. Texas is minus 135 right mm. now, Republican. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, guys. We're not going to get into politics, but if you want to have some fun, you can bet on the Oscars. You can bet on 
like I said, you can bet on the election. You can bet on all sorts of fun things at betonline.ag today. Uh, tell them Uncle Chris sent you. They won't listen to it, but, you know, just say it anyway. And then also, somebody come play poker with me. I'm tired of sitting here by myself like I'm Steven Glansberg. I just, <laughs> I mean, I can't keep doing it, guys. Um, anyway, so go to betonline.ag today. We will have a lot to be betting on very, very soon. Uh, real quick, other other advice I'll give you for, for betting. The Braves, their over-under team win total is only 34. 34 on a 60-game schedule? That's not crazy. Eight games over 500? Uh, is They're it? They're going to go way past yeah. that. Is so it? jump all over the Braves. Hmm. Okay. It's definitely all eight right, games. How many Nick Markakis account for like three games by himself? Him not He's, playing? He he quit, yeah. I don't like People really don't like him, huh? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, let's Could move on to something else. Let's move on. So let's go back to a few months ago because... For those who maybe weren't following closely, so young you, and innocent. Yeah, we really were. If you just listen to episodes occasionally, um, when all this stuff went down and NCAA tournament canceled and it really changed what we did here at SDS, we had a phone call with with our boss Kevin Duffy, and we were just basically trying to figure out what are we going to do because if yeah. there's just no sports going on at all. Obviously, from a content creation standpoint, that is not an easy thing to, to navigate. And four months into this thing, I can tell you, it's not always the easiest thing to navigate. But what we did was say, what can we do that's going to keep us busy, keep our listeners entertained, and not feel like the world is about to end? So we wanted to be an outlet for people, and we wanted to do things that were evergreen. We've talked about I that just, before. Everything you're saying sounds so passionate and, and eloquent and beautiful, and all I can think of is, why was I, like, my dumb ass was, like, out of the gates, like, we'll do more. We'll do three pods a week. <laughs> it won't be more difficult at all. It's It's been a lot of work, but you know what? I, I have learned to appreciate this time. and. Yeah doing all the Adjustment More podcasts that we've been doing on a weekly basis with the exception of this past week. I think that's the first week that we've missed one since mm-hmm. all of this went down. Getting to do our usual debate podcast, which we're shifting to a different type of format to be a little bit more current with the 2020 season, as long as we are going to have it. We're just going to yell at each other on Twitter. That's it, so exactly. we're more current. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we're going to yell at each other about power rankings and all that fun stuff. Um, and then doing our Casual Friday podcast as well. We have been trying to give people um, a reason to want to listen to us at, at all times of the year. And that's yeah. not always an easy thing to do for no, a place am, like us. I'm tired of myself. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm tired of myself too. I, I, say, I say to Lauren all the time. After days in which, when we record multiple podcasts, usually, and you know, got a couple radio things or something like yeah. that, sick brag, whatever, um, and I'll say to Lauren, "I am tired of hearing myself talk. I'm just going to shut up for three hours." Dude, and last I do. Last time we recorded, we had to like I think the power went out or something like that at my place the day right. before, so we had to do two recordings, and then I did the Rose Tide Roll podcast after that, and it was just like, <gasps> yeah. But no, it's 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 actually been a lot of fun. I mean, I'll say all jokes aside. Um, the Stump Marlow thing is the only uh, source of self-confidence that I've had in this entire <laughs> calendar year. So that's been nice for me. Um, it's, it's actually, it's gone a lot better than I thought it would. And I, I really, I'm still holding out hope that we're going to be transitioning out of that towards a football season uh, coming up here. But it has been a lot of fun, like, especially interacting, like, 
like it, it's honestly not that crazy of an idea to go watch old games and talk about them because that's what I do in the summers anyway. Exactly. So it's been a lot of fun with that. And we're still planning on doing, cranking out a, a lot of adjustment more episodes, maybe not on an every week basis when we get into right. the nitty gritty. Hopefully there is going to be a nitty gritty but right now we're still planning on, on having plenty of those coming up as well. So this is by no means uh, an announcement from us saying that we're going to stop doing this format or, or something like that. It's just going to shift a little bit. Yeah. So like towards more like actual current things. Current things. Which you guys are going to like it. It's good. We're yeah, actually you guys are going to sports now. Trust, trust. You'll, you'll, you'll like it. You'll be plenty entertained. Um, I, I remember, though, at the time when we were first talking about all this, saying, look, I, I don't think this is really going to impact college football season. I think we'll have this stuff figured out by the summer, and I can't imagine which, with all that's dependent on college football and the entire revenue model that these universities have, that we would be canceling college football games or even yeah. talking about canceling college football games. And obviously a lot has changed in the last four months. If you remember right. even in April when Mike Pence had the call with – Power Five commissioners, where the takeaway was, well, if students aren't enrolled, there's not going to be football. And, like, in other words, there weren't going to be games in empty stadiums because this is amateur athletics. And then soon after, we kind of realized, oh, yeah, we can find ways around this and online-only classes. We can, we can navigate yeah. this. So it's been just a constant pivot with college sports, it seems like. I feel like I, I've said that word a lot lately. You have. You have. And it's good because I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> And like besides basketball, until you started using it all the time. That's that's the exact reasoning, though. I mean, yeah, it makes me discombobulated. Ooh, that's a four, five syllables. Bill. I don't know. Um, no, it, it, so and it's weird too because we, shout out Mallory Blunt who works in the White House um, and is a big, avid listener of the pod. I think she's the media direct. What is she? I forgot her title, but it's like super fancy. Um, and we were kind of excited. I thought we might have her on, <laughs> talk about some stuff. This is back in April, yeah. Yeah, and it just you know, like the world just went crazy and everything like that. But um, yeah, I think I, I think you're kind of right, and it's it's nice. I think we're kind of like unfairly romanticizing that time of saying like, oh yeah, it's, we'll have it all figured out. But it, nobody really made a plan or followed through with the plan. I think we just all kind of put it off. It's again, I hate to keep comparing stuff like this. But it's like me losing weight. I'm like, hey, it'll happen. Yeah. At some point, I'm going to stop eating too many ice cream sandwich bars for lunch after I had ribs for breakfast. Mm. But that hasn't happened, guys. So I, I think that it's, this has been difficult for so many reasons. But you know, obviously, one of the reasons is we've never experienced anything like this unless you're old as shit and you were around in 1918 for the Spanish flu or whatever. Like, it, it, this is absolutely unprecedented times. And I think all of us kind of thought, like, it will go away at some point, right? Like, it, it, it surely won't be here four months from now. And then we got I remember, months. I remember though, so this was uh, about a month and a half ago, right around that time, when we get into May and all of a sudden it's like, all right, look, things are looking promising. We're going to have June 1st voluntary workouts coming back. We're heading in the right direction. College football is going to be back. No big yeah. deal. This is just going to be a, a hiccup, a weird few months in our in our history, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're well, we remind we should have remembered that the key word there was voluntary, and that essentially yeah. gave these schools free of liability for any sort of positive cases and all right. that stuff as well. But then we have the players returning. We see a spike in cases. We've already talked about Clemson, LSU camps like Houston and Ohio State. They 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 shut down. 
And quickly, we were reminded once athletes came back to campus, we are by no means out of the woods. And there is still just a lot of stuff that we need to figure out that we don't and we didn't necessarily in May. But this stuff happened because things were starting to feel a little bit like normal again. Right. Well, yeah, and I I think that, I don't know, I mean, I I think a lot of people in America were just kind of tired of it. (laughs) So it's just like... Yeah. We're, we're over that. Now, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I don't know anything that I'm committed to for four months besides Allie. I was going to say, mean, you're engaged, so that's. Yeah. I mean, that's that, like, we're just Jim and Pam it now with like, all the cancellations out because thanks to COVID. But I mean, yeah, like, I think that most people just, I don't want to call it complete optimism. I think most people just kind of like, yeah, you know, it'll, it'll go away. It'll go away at some point. And it just hasn't. And I think that. In this day and age, especially when you shut down so many things that are not vital to people's lives, but I mean, like, you, obviously, if people can't go into work and people are losing money and not able to pay their mortgage, I think there's like 32% of people, uh, Americans didn't, weren't able to make their mortgage payments for like last month. All of those crazy things. And then you're just sitting at home with nothing to pass the time besides Netflix and, and, and Tiger King. Like people just add each other's throats. It's hard to find like factual information, and then it, it like Sankey said again, it, it it did kind of become this politicized thing, and I don't think that that necessarily did more harm than good. But I I feel like we we fast like you fast forward it's like four months later, and we're right in the same exact spot we were four months ago. It, it feels like that to me at least, and and that's not like anyone's fault necessarily. It's just like what just happened. What just happened has been said a lot during this entire time. While this was going down, of course, and I don't bring this up in an effort to share political beef or, you know, any any sort of, I don't necessarily want to, all of it. I don't necessarily want to go down a road of, of how people specifically feel in relation to these issues, because there are a lot of people who are going to look at, why are you talking about the Black Lives Matter movement? We're talking about it because it's it impacted like a year in review. Yeah, yeah. This is essentially like a year in review, and we talk about it because we saw the way that it impacted college football programs mm-hmm. across the country, and not just within the SEC. You had there were quieter stories: Sam Pittman, Mark Stoops. They go to rallies with their teams. Eli Drinkowitz took Mizzou players to the courthouse. They held a peaceful pro, uh, protest, um, moment of silence in honor of the amount of time that George Floyd was mm-hmm. um, being being held down by the, the police officer. And then you had the major stories. What happened in Iowa with the strength coach, Chris Doyle, fired, highest paid strength coach in America, followed, he, he was fired following all of these accusations from former players that he had uh, made racist remarks to them. We saw the boycott at K- Kansas State where you had a student, Jaden McNeil, tweeted out, congratulations to George Floyd on being drug free for an entire month. Kansas State players returned. They didn't mess any workouts that was... because they had 14 positive COVID cases and they had been shut down. But like, so you had stuff like that. You had Marvin Wilson at Florida State, where Marvin Wilson, this guy who's projected to be a, a first-round pick next year yeah. and, and returned for a senior year, um, where Mike Norvell, new Florida State head coach, said in a statement to the Athletic uh, that they have had one-on-one communication with their with their athletes following this George Floyd George Floyd protests. 
And Marvin Wilson was like, uh, that didn't happen. And he called him out uh, on Twitter and he said that FSU players aren't going Jeez. to be doing anything until this is addressed. If I you recall, about half these already. Right? Exactly. So that's why we're going through. That's why we're going yeah. through. Um, Marvin Wilson got a ton of support from his teammates. And the next morning, Mike Norvell meets with the team and Norvell admits in a statement that he lied and he was untruthful. And Marvin Wilson, what he had said, he was right to call out his head coach. And then the Chuba Hubbard, Mike Gundy stuff, where another situation where I a thought guy that was who's... positive. So because it got him to talk, it got him to communicate. Like I think both both people were. I don't know if Gundy was as passionate, maybe, but both people felt differently about politics, and and that is, guys, this is going to shock you. That is going to happen. Like going to happen almost more than it doesn't happen. Um, and him, like I like. Whatever, you shouldn't have been on a side necessarily, but whichever side you're looking at as who was right in the situation, it was just refreshing to see people have discourse and talk and then work it out. Saw, so you've seen a lot of that the last few months, and you've seen players being willing to speak out and use their platform, and a lot of people are saying, well, why now? Why has this been happening? And it's because we now have a little bit more of an understanding, and there's more of a discussion about race relations within our country. So by now, people probably know the details of all this, the Chuba Hubbard, Mike Gundy stuff. Um, yeah, I want to say one thing real quick, because the, the more important one was the Kylan Hill thing. And when you which, reference this... Get into that, yeah. Yeah, when you reference, like, I'm going to try to not be opinionated very much this one, but, like, when you reference the comment about how why is this happening now? Like, why Why didn't they... Like, I saw countless times with the Kylan Hill thing, especially why Why didn't he say anything when he signed his letter of intent? The fact that we're judging somebody based off of... Like, you're an 18-year-old kid going away from home to play college football in this whole... Like, were you that outspoken at 18? Like, did you know... Did you have all these fully formed, developed opinions and, and knew what you were passionate about and what was important to you? No, you grew up, as you do when you go to college for three to four years, and you go to a higher education, and you learn a lot more about yourself and the things around you. I, I just thought it was a, a really great moment for the SEC um, with, with what happened with Fountain Hill. And it, it shows how much, how much power and positive change that these, these players can have an impact on. There's been a theme with this, whether it's been Kylan Hill speaking out against the Mississippi State flag, uh, Chuba Hubbard and, and Mike Gundy, Marvin Wilson, Guys who understand that they have a platform, guys who understand that they aren't the third-team walk-on offensive linemen who fans can write off in two seconds. Yeah. I talked to Sylvester Croom, and that was one of the main things that, that he said, the former Mississippi State coach who was the first black coach in SEC football history, who said, look, it matters that Kylan Hill is the best returning player in yeah. the state of Mississippi, and he understands that, hey, people can't just be like, all right, then then don't play for us. And I know that there right. are still people that, that came out and said that, but that's that's a determining factor as to why or how somebody is going to be listened to. And we saw yeah. we saw action happen with Kylan Hill and the Mississippi State flag, where you had the NCAA, you had the SEC come out and make strong stances against the flag in Mississippi yeah. and how that needed to be changed. And sure enough, we saw action taken by 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 the government to to enact that. And something that many people never thought they'd see in their lifetime. It happened, and we have seen athletes crazy during this time. It, the war it's, ended it's 160 years ago, and they were only around for five total years. But yeah, yes, you are correct. People never thought that was going to happen. College athletes have been more outspoken, 
And a lot of people don't like this. A lot of people don't get this. And the timing of it is significant because four years ago, I think speaking out would have been taboo. And yeah. I think that we have changed as a country in the way that we we hear that both um, in favor of and in opposition to players also having bigger bigger followings impacts that the fact that we have access to them every Saturday social media accounts with thousands of thousands of followers and there's just more transparency right now than I think there was 10 years ago and there's also with there being more money in the sport and there's higher stakes yeah. I think I think coaches are realizing like look we can't afford to all of a sudden be that guy who gets labeled as this in the recruiting world and if that sparks them to to, to meet athletes sort of halfway or to understand their their standpoint a little bit more so than they would have a decade ago, then then I think that that's a positive in the yeah. end. But coaches no, are recognizing right. that players are being more empowered at this point. And I think that that's a really good point because I think that, you know, it, me being as cynical as I am and, and having to like kind of make fun of things first instead of trying to understand why things are happening – you know, if you asked me this a couple of years ago, I would have definitely said like, yeah, this is a lot of pandering to recruits maybe or trying to like look better and then then maybe what they actually believe. But you get this this feeling that it's not like that this time around. Like it doesn't feel like the nation saw something horrific happen in Minnesota with George Floyd's death and then two weeks later we forgot about it. It, it, it feels like there's, you know, like sustained positive change. Now that also comes with a lot of other stuff that has been negative with like just the you know, fighting back and forth, obviously, that, that comes with it. But, you know, I'm as hard as anyone on, on Dabo Sweeney, and I, I don't understand how his, like, lack of awareness on some of these these issues are. But it even led him to, to go march with his players and, and, and do things, which which the marching part of it isn't even the important part. It's, the, it's like you said, it's the understanding where your players are coming from, like understanding their upbringing or their, their history or their family ties or all these other things and getting, like, to really have that, relationship with them to develop them into the men that they're going to be someday and i thought that was really encouraging just just from like a societal standpoint because it is i i hate watching like one of the things like i always see when we watch old games is these like hard-ass coaches like just screaming and hollering at at, at players like grabbing by the face mask like all those kind of things and not saying that that's not okay but it is nice to see some of these coaches like i feel like genuinely making an effort to um kind of like develop these relationships with their players even more so than before. I, I, I like the stuff with, with Dabo, the stuff with, uh, what do you call it? Lane Kiffin and, and Mike Leach going to the actual, uh, I guess state courthouse or like yeah. the, the, the Capitol, um, Bama losing just dozens of followers and fans after they made that video with Alex Leatherwood. That was, was incredible to watch as well. Um, I, yeah, I think it's all been really positive stuff. And, and, and again, like, we're not trying to get on like the political side of it, but just I can't believe this. All of this has happened, and honestly, Connor, it's just now halfway through July. Here's what I'm interested in. I think that right now we could say, no matter what side you fall on this, I think you could say without a doubt, this has been the most favorable time to speak out on these issues mm-hmm. and to speak out on protests. And you saw players at UCLA even speak out against Chip Kelly and they felt like, yeah, that was, that was something people forget about that too. Where you have Kansas state walking out and Marvin Wilson is organizing teammates be like, we're not working out and doing this. I'm not saying that this is going to go away. If we have a season, I'm not saying that I think today's athlete is built a little bit differently. I think that 
that that today's student athlete has a very different understanding of the world based on what they have seen with their own two eyes and what they have learned for themselves. I'm interested to see, though, how strong these statements come when it's a Thursday and you're, let's say you're playing for Florida, you're playing for Georgia, and you've got the cocktail party game on Saturday. Yeah. And you feel like something something happened that was that wronged you. Are there still going to be players that are willing to, even with a game two days away, take such strong stances? I'm not saying that they won't definitively. I don't know why they would. Like what what would ha- what would put them in that situation? Well, what I'm what I'm saying is, if there's injustice happening on campus, oh, okay, if yeah. their coach if their coach comes out and they say something something happens in the world that they don't necessarily agree with, they yeah. see something in the university. Are they going to be this aware of it during the season? I don't know. This is all new territory, but I, I would say that right now is the most conducive time for all of these things to happen. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's fair. I, I hate to even sound like this guy, but like the danger of that obviously is is then it being taken advantage of and and kind of like miss misguided I think is the best way to put it like like yeah. all the examples you've given I'm not going to get into it but there's one specific example that I agree with the anger and the ire and 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 like the the like feeling of that what that person did was not okay it was not right it was really really inappropriate and uncalled for I'm talking about Kansas State but the response of it can't always be like we're sh- we're shutting down. That kid had nothing to do with the football program. So what I hope doesn't happen is like I, I love that these these athletes feel more empowered and are and doing like I said like so much more positive impact in like on our society and in their own communities. But like I hope it doesn't get to a point where that becomes the end goal for for some players because mm-hmm. you know I, I think one of the reasons that this has been so prominent now to be honest is, and I think all of it is is coming from a good place, but. Would we see this as much, like to your point, if we were all still working nine to fives and we were all yeah. still not stuck in the house and we were so point. angry yeah. And, and yeah, so so I don't I don't know you know the answer to that. I, I would say if something happens, we're gonna have a lot of I think division in the first week of November just as a country, um, whether we like it or not. But I would hope that if we get football back, those things are still very important. It's, it's great to be passionate about, but like. Hopefully it's not a distraction or misguided in terms of, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I've, I've lost. No, I've really I, I run into a dead end in the middle of my sentence. You, I, I understand you know what, what I'm going. trying to say. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, there are certain things that you feel like are going to be at the forefront for college athletes moving forward. And there yeah. are going to be certain things that no matter what time of year, they're going to prioritize it. And then there are going to be certain people who are not necessarily as consumed by that. That's not to say that they don't care as much about it, but it's different when we're dealing with a time that's unprecedented where we don't have sports and it's the middle of, it's the middle of summer. And we have been as a country more, more aware to this now, I'd argue that than ever before. I think what I'm trying to say is, is that I will never be like in the, the crowd of like stick to sports or like, you know, just bounce the ball or whatever, that kind of crap. What I would say is, when you're 18 to 22 years old, there are very few times in your life where you're more emotional and and like, just kind of. I mean, you're you're. There's no bigger drastic change, I think, in someone's life from going from like being a kid basically to being an adult than those four years of college or six and a half, like I did. Yeah. 
so I just I hope that that whatever they these kids are passionate about, if this does come up, I hope it's just it's it's found like the foundation of it is is like a good cause and it comes from like a good place. Agreed. Not just picking this up. Um, so I think no matter what, with all of that context provided of uh, a pandemic that's been going on in our country, obviously issues of race have, have been at the forefront for the last several months as well. This season is just going to be different no matter what. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm fully, fully prepared for that at, at this point. We already know that SEC Media Days is not, it, we, we'd, be we'd be at SEC Media Days right now. We'd be it's in the middle. Three chicken sandwiches deep. We'd be so far into all of the possible coach cliches, random pass, random like stop and chats with people that we only see once a year. Just pouring sweat. Tom Hart would be telling us about it. He spent the last night in jail. I mean, yeah. these are the things that we're not getting by being there in person. We'd probably we'd be a few hours away from playing top golf right now with the, with the rest of our company. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't know why I said playing top golf. Go yeah, to top weird. golf. I don't like weird. that sentence structure. I didn't. I, I didn't I, like it either. I, I punt. I, but you're right. You're right. I mean, like that would. Be, that is. I hate that that was supposed to be today. God dang it, Connor. Now I'm you know. Sorry. Now that I think about it, this, this episode has been pretty depressing. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. So, can we at least say though that if we have a season, if we have a yeah. season, no matter when it is, let's all agree that we need to cherish this season. This is like when I. Okay, I'm gonna make one more depressing. One more depressing comparison, Jesus. I promise. Last one, last one. Is this about Grandpa Joe? If your dog runs away from home. Oh my God, Connor. When that dog comes running through the doggy door again and returns home, you hug that dog and you never let it go. Well, I just, I'm, I'm reading it right now on Twitter, but apparently Feinbaum just broke the news that all of our puppies just got hit by a car. I never said that. I'm I said kidding. the dog returns home. Okay. That's a happy, happy ending. Homeward Bound, fantastic movie. Here's what we need to do, okay. I'm going to, we'll find a positive place. We're going to close out on a positive. Let's note. do it. I want you to think of your three to five positive and favorite things that have happened this year or during quarantine. And while you're doing that, I have to uh, announce one thing that's also disappointing. A lot of you reached out about uh, my 79 that I shot in golf on, on Saturday. Yeah, I don't know about that. I regret to inform you that was a lie because I was trying to uh, play a, a joke on one of my friends and um, he didn't fall for it. But then I, I tweeted it out, like before I got in the car to drive home. And by the time I got home, it had like 30 likes. And I was like, I don't know. How do I tell these people? I was like, I was kidding. Shot 104. So just, I just want to be honest bad. with you guys. It's really it's bad, bad, Connor. It's really no. bad. No. Um, regardless, I, I want to be honest with you guys. So here's, here's what you need to know going into the season. While Connor thinks of his, his three to five favorite things, and I'll do them too, here's what you need to know. Kyle Trask is still a quarterback, apparently, at Florida. He is going into his... Eighth, year? ninth, ninth year yep. since he was not starting in high school football. Oh, oh, I, did, I thought you meant like eighth year at Florida. Okay, he We're, seems like that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rodrigo Blankenship not coming back. Not coming back. He is gone. Tua, don't get me started. Um, Bo Nix, he'll be back, right? Yeah, like a sophomore, so he's going to be there all four Did, years. He's going to be a Hunter Renfro. Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, gone. They're both gone. in the NFL Kellen now. Kellen Mond, going to be I, honestly Kellen Mond is going to be back, and people are going to hate him, but he's going to end up, I think, on the fringe of getting invited to New York. Who else are we missing? Felipe Ooh. Franks now at Arkansas. Now at Arkansas, Georgia um, returns nobody on offense. Returns everyone on defense. Best defense in the country. 
Um, Mike Bobo, speaking of Georgia, now at South Carolina. Yes. Will Muschamp, after this year, probably won't be at South Carolina. Mm, we'll um, Matt Luke. Don't Matt Luke. He's over in Athens now. Lane Kiffin, obviously. Mike Leach, both in Mississippi. What else are we missing here? Kentucky. Terry Wilson, back. Oh, they got everyone back. Neighbor Terry Wilson. If you haven't seen that hype video that Kentucky tweeted out, I don't care if you're not a Kentucky fan. Go check that out. Really good yep. stuff from Kentucky. Um, Tennessee. Garantano's back. Honestly, I thought about this today. Maybe I'm, I'm just over overthinking this, but I feel like this season, more so than any season like in the last decade, like since like maybe Tebow, there's a lot of like star power in this year's like this what could be this season of college football. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, um, you I mean look at Sam Ellinger. You talk about the kid from uh, Spencer Rattler, even from Oklahoma. Like he, I think he has like the third best Heisman odds right now. You have like traditional powers like Notre Dame, USC, both ranks in the top twenty. Um, I, I know at least Ian Book's back. Oregon's supposed to be good. There's like a lot of good storylines that we're going to miss out on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If we don't have a season. Positive UNC spin. is going to be really Positive. good. Florida State should be good again. I think Clemson has to play at Notre Dame. Um, yeah, man, there's, I feel like there's a lot of really, really good. Like Tennessee could be back. Besides Vanderbilt, everything is looking up for every team in the SEC. By the way, I love how you did like the run through of all the, like the new things or same things in yep. the SEC, and we breezed over the whole. Oh yeah, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin are in the SEC now. I think they're honestly what jinxed us, but yeah. And this, and last but not least, I just want to remind everyone that um, Alabama will be returning all six of those players that were out last year on defense. So just just throwing that out there. Welcome People here, don't talk here. about the injuries enough. But they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. So three things positive, that I've liked. Positive stuff. There you go. Three things that I have liked about quarantine i besides the basic i love being able to to spend time with my wife we've done a lot of stuff more outdoorsy on saturday morning we went for a up for a hike that was 7.2 miles and i am sore i am sore oh. two days later yes my 30s oh, are i don't understand well. hiking what kind of shoes do you wear for that uh I, I, sh- I wore the wrong shoes that was the problem i wore running shoes when i should have I, I should have purchased some sort of hiking cross trail, like a boot shoe. Ah, uh, not a boot, not exactly a boot, but there's like a there's like a, a trail shoe that works. People who hike know. I'm, I'm not glad that you you people. aren't one of those people. For one, I want to be very clear when I say that. Yeah. And two, I'm glad you didn't go buy. I mean, like that's that's a great amount of like fu money if you got if you can buy trail shoes. Yeah, I'm not that um, in my life yet. I'm glad you didn't though. No. Okay, so that's that's a good one. Um, I have loved being able to record our It Just Meant More podcast. Those have been fascinating. I've liked all the new stuff that, that we've done, but if we're being 100% honest, Debates Down South is a ton of work, a ton, because yeah, I, do, I do the written column for that too, and it usually clocks in somewhere between three and 4,000 words. So it takes up a lot of time, yeah. and it's a lot of research. It's stuff that I do over the weekend, and then I spend an entire day on Monday as well. So if we're being 100% honest, that's not necessarily the most joyful right, thing. Positive, Whereas, positive. Okay, okay, my bad, my bad. It just meant more. And I love debates down south. Don't get me wrong, yeah. because I think it's great to have those discussions. But I love getting to do it just meant more. I'm looking forward to the fact that after we get off this call, we're probably going to break down which game that we're going to do next oh, and which game that we're going to watch on Tuesday. No, 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 that's a good thing. Positive. We're staying Super positive. Um, so there's that. I've loved getting to watch all these old SEC games. And then the last dance was... For me, yeah, that, that was good. That that was 
something to look forward to on Sunday nights. I actually just, I didn't think I'd watch this, but I did, and I'm glad I did. I watched the Lance Armstrong documentary, the 33rd. Yeah, I don't understand why people hate him so much. Oh, I mean, he's he's a piece of crap. Like, he's he's the worst. Yeah, but I mean, like... I don't, but the doc I mean, is good. Doc's really well done, and it shows why he's a piece yeah. of crap, and why he's a jerk, and why he ruined people's life because of his ego. Okay, so he did ruin some people's lives, but I just... The whole thing about when people hate him for cheating, and, and, and I understand that, like, I'm not the most, like, morally sound person, and I definitely did take steroids before. But that being said, <laughs> if Wait, how everyone, many chimps did you do? Just twice. Every, oh, no, pull-ups? Pull yeah, 20, yeah. I did 20... 22, 21, 22, nice, I think. Nice. Regardless, like, if everyone in your sport is cheating, like, way more even, like, even way more rampant than, like, 90s baseball. Okay. Everyone's cheating. Yes, I'm a thousand percent cheating. I'm a thousand percent cheating because it's not cheating at that point. Here's the thing, though, and not, we're, we're going to end positive. I promise we're going to end positive. <laughs> that just shows you what kind of year it's been when we keep just coming back yeah. to the negative stuff. The issue being he accepted money from a lot of different people under the premise that he was clean because his Ow. whole message with Livestrong was preaching that he was clean. He yeah. ruined people's lives he also, who said I mean, that he, he was dirty. so much money for cancer, though. He, d- he did a lot of good. He did a lot of good in that regard. Don't get me wrong. But the whole, like taking a lot of sponsorship money under the premise that you're clean yeah. and then deciding that you're going to be a jerk and ruin other people's lives for correctly calling you out. I, I see. I've just, the, the, the whole thing about like the sponsorship money. I mean, like, ah, this is America. I mean, just like, bro, like, I mean, Sammy Sosa had them milk ads, Mark McGuire. I don't know what he would have ever been good for. Like he just, he's not that McDonald's was the big one, but yeah. Oh, is that, was that what that was? Big Macland. Um, yeah. That didn't just come out of nowhere. I just I think that like it's and I'm I'm mainly thinking about baseball, but like it was just so accepted that everyone was doing it. And think about, like how do you make money as a cyclist? Like how was he still living in that home? Was he squatting? I uh, I mean it's a really really nice home. Made, he had a boat. Yeah. I, anyway, I just I I get that. Yeah, he should not have said all those terrible things about those people and and lied to people. But you know the post office is throwing out five million dollars. I'm probably taking that money, and they never even paid him anyway. Uh, they, the U.S. Postal Service sued him for... Yeah, because they didn't pay him. That's so. how they found out. They yeah. they didn't have enough money anyway. Well, we're not going to get into it, but that was positive. like... One positive thing. I like... I just thought Lance Armstrong... I thought it was a good story, and I liked him. Um, okay, so positives for me. Peloton, even though I don't do it all the time, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Love that thing. It's been um, fun for you to say that you have a Peloton. Well, I mean, like, I ride it, like, probably, like, I don't know, three to four times a week, but it's like... That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, a poker's been fun. Um, I've, I've enjoyed getting back into that a little bit. And then we got a grill. This sounds so old. Um, we got a grill that's been a lot of fun, like cooking out on the, the back deck. I guess that's pretty much it. Yeah, I don't really, I mean, canceling the wedding was not my favorite, but, um, yeah, those, those are positive things. So I've, I've really enjoyed doing the, uh, the more interactive stuff with like the, the listeners and, and that kind of stuff too. Like the, the casual Friday thing, like, Doing more work, quote unquote, because like I, this isn't going to shock anybody, but I, I, I think you're putting in more work on that debates down south pod than I am. Um, I, mainly because like, I already have my opinions, and you're not going to sway me anyway. So. <laughs> I'm swaying um, you on at least a couple of them, haven't I? I know we've agreed on almost all of them. It's ridiculous, but I, I think that uh, like the, doing the stuff, like having more input and, and, and talking with uh, like having like having more of like a I guess almost like a relationship with the audience has been a lot more fun. I got invited to somebody's bachelor party. Oh. Yeah. Do tell. 
I think it's Emery's brother. I don't know. If there's free booze, I mean, like, I'll be there. So it's in Athens. So, yeah. There we go. All right. Positive. This hopefully caught everybody up on if you have not been paying attention, and even if you have been paying attention and you've been following along with all of our great content on Saturday Down South, hopefully this was a nice little refresher to get you caught up to date with all of the current events in college football, which are continuing to change seemingly by the day. We are planning on having a little bit more of like a kind of news year talking to the plan is to talk to a couple of experts in this field for casual Friday. So maybe not quite as casual, but we already have one of those guests locked in still waiting to hear back on the other. We're going to do it just meant more this week. We'll be back on track with that again, might not be an every week type deal moving forward as our schedule allows. Yeah, it, we, could, we, could, we could postpone it until next week if we want, to be honest. Because... You want to postpone it next week after we gave people zero podcasts? Are they going to be upset with that? All right, we'll do, we'll do a game. What, what game? <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, but yes, this has been um, it, it's been a very interesting last last few months. And if we're playing football four months from now and we're looking back on this time as the the low during all this, then I think we'll all be we'll all be grateful for it. Yeah. All right. And one thing that has not changed, I'll tell you right now: Vol Twitter, Florida Twitter, Georgia Twitter. Y'all just, I mean. Goodness, it's it's just like the season never ends for you guys. But yeah, good to see that kind of enthusiasm. Hashtag no offseason. All right, Marler, and you know what? Why don't we why don't we bring him back in, Matt Luke? Come on, Matt Luke. Come on, Matt Luke. Yeah, offensive line coach, Georgia football. It might mean too much. Talk to you guys.